0: Welcome, everyone, to a special presentation of Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there is Steve. Hey, what's up? Boy, I haven't said that in a while. I know.
1: I forgot all about this shit. It's it's been a minute.
0: (laughs) It's been a minute, and like I said, it's a special presentation. We've got a couple of extra guests here. Why don't you introduce everyone, Steve?
1: Okay, so uh, first... We have um, Nicholas Nicario, a stalwart of Microphones of Madness, APs, and all sorts of fun stuff who is playing himself tonight. Let <laughs> me say hi,
2: Nick.
3: I am playing myself tonight. I'm playing fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm playing Spider-Man on Monday, Marvel Super And we also have
1: uh, a very special guest tonight, uh, Mograg. Hello! It's uh, Brian Kortamanch. Do I pronounce your last name right, Brian?
2: Yeah, yeah, Brian Kortamanch. Yep, but just call me Bry. That's all good.
1: A fellow, a fellow, uh, (laughs) (laughs) And you may be wondering why we've asked, why we're even doing this again, A, and why we've asked special guests
0: to uh, support us here. Well, that's because we've uncovered something so terrible. (laughs) We had to get the band (laughs) back together. We had to to pull a Jake and Elwood and get the band back together just to talk about it. And that is the Call of Cthulhu camp. Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's not a campaign, because they take they painstakingly tell you it's not a campaign. Okay. The Call of Cthulhu Adventure. Ooh. It, it's a campaign. Um, Beyond the Mountains of Madness. Epic Antarctic campaign and sourcebook. It, it says campaign on the cover, yet inside it says it's not a campaign. Which is part of the reason why we're all here, right? It's, it's really it's it's my fault. It's one hundred percent my fault. It is your fault. All right. Um. So I re- I was just going to give you the backstory.
0: Oh, I was I was about to say you were you're currently running this campaign. This not that's part a campaign, of the backstory. campaign.
1: Yeah. So I run I run Call of Cthulhu for my son and his friends. We've been doing it. Uh, since since uh, COVID, since before COVID. And uh, so we, we've run some big things. we ran run Mask of Nair, Lathotep, and we ran um, Brotherhood of the Beast, and a couple of, of one-shots. And we have finished Masks and I really wanted to run something big but not the same. Because all those big campaigns are kind of the same. World-trotting going against a big mess of cultists, which kind of gets boring after three years of doing that. So I I really wanted to run this because there's no cultists. Like 100% why I I decided I was going to run it. Much to my chagrin. (laughs) That's the backstory. So I have been running it for since September. Nice. And school started back up and, uh, it's up until the last couple of weeks, it's been really painful. And that was because I, I changed my philosophy, but everything I say still stands. So, uh, that's my background of why I, I gathered everyone here together. Um, <laughs> Brian is here because he's run it before and Nick is here because Nick, Nick is, um, It's a little ace in the hole here. He's, uh, he worked for the company that put this out.
0: Nick's the Ringer.
1: I've played it before, before too. Have you? Oh, yeah. and, And he's played it. So there you go. And then, of course, Rodney is, you know, he's a cranky old man like me. So,
0: yeah. I did plenty of, uh, yelling at clouds during this one.
1: Yeah. This is a lot of clouds to yell at.
0: And by the way, I haven't played it. Just for fairness, I, I just looked through the book. After, after is, listening yeah, um, to um, Steve. Um, um,
1: well, hey, and here's the thing. so the, First and foremost, this thing is not open at all. It is a story. It is as if um, the authors wrote a story and then decided, wow, this would be really cool and call it Cthulhu, and then figured out a way to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern uh, player characters into it. It's, so it's a it's basically a railroad. Like, this has to happen here and now, and this will happen then. Again, it's, something's going to happen. Uh, characters have plot armor because they're needed later on. It's... it's it violates a number of, of role-playing tenets, I guess.
0: I would tend to agree. First and foremost of being, you know, the player characters being the main characters of the story.
1: Yeah, and they're not. They're just, they're not. Um, shit happens around them, and they are, they either react to it, which, okay, that that happens every, anything you play, but none of the decisions are theirs to make, right? Right? Yeah. Does, does that make any sense? Okay. Yeah. Feel free to chime in. Anytime. It's pretty real, ready.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's such a. I mean, it's a huge, you know, doorstop of of a tome. I mean, it's just a meaty tome. I, I mean, I, I full disclaimer. I got to a certain point with my players into this campaign, and then, um, I my players actually threw in the towel, and I we can get into some more detail. I don't know how many. Spoilers were allowed to uh, all to the say. spoilers. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we okay. don't really care.
0: Yeah, fair right. game.
2: Um, yeah, so my uh, my players uh, got to a certain point and they um, decided that they had had enough. Um, and uh, you know, we we had a very good. I mean, up to that point, I don't think we had as many frustrations as you did, Steve. Um, I feel like uh, I mean, it certainly is. This is something that I think if you want to run it, first of all, if if you want to run this, you you get ready to do your homework. This is definitely not a casual sit down and play this uh, game. You know, kind of just grab it twenty minutes before your your group convenes and 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 play it that way week to week. Um, this is definitely something where you really are reading a huge book, a real almost like a novel. Uh, to prepare as keeper for this, uh, to be able to, to run it. So that is, I would say, love it or hate it, or, or anywhere in the between, whatever you're doing, you will have to be ready to to really commit to this thing to be ready to to, to present it. Um, otherwise, it's not going to go off. This is not a quick, the, uh, yeah. quick wrap.
1: That doesn't bother me. That that pr- preparing for something like this doesn't bother me. I mean, you have to do that in any big campaign. Whether it's like, you know, Call of Cthulhu, Master of or, you know, I'm hopefully going to be running um, Temple of Elemental Evil. I mean, you still have to put in work and figure stuff out, right? You know, plot, character, all that stuff. Um, I just think my frustration with this is the amount of creativity that you as a keeper can put into it and allow your players to have is severely limited by this story. Yeah. And I I honestly think if it wasn't so constrained by this story, it would be a pretty decent campaign.
2: One thing that, uh, one thing that struck me and I haven't, Run this. I haven't really opened this book in like 20 years because I I purchased this when it <laughs> That's first how bad came out. It is. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, first of all, I got to give credit to. I mean, I know uh, there were some primary authors on this. I'm sure they they worked very, very hard, wow. and to produce anything is 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 difficult. I, I just want to, you know, if 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 uh, if the, the the writers of this are. At any point, happen to listen in. I, I mean, I do commend them for the the fortitude to put together a work of this size. Like this is this was definitely somebody's. Uh, well, the, the, the this was this was uh, this was somebody's uh, baby. You know, this was definitely somebody's baby. And there's definitely there's a team here. I'm reading the credits page now. So this was. Um, you know, this was definitely somebody's it took a lot of work to produce this that that that's for sure so I, I commend the writers for their fortitude and just wanting to get this out on to uh, onto paper that said <laughs> I think you're very you're very you're very right uh, Steve uh, in, in the sense that it really does read like a novel, like and 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 it's it's the players in many when I when I remember back and it, the memories are a little hazy. I'm going back two decades now, um, maybe even a little bit more. When I when I think of when I ran this and the, to the point that I did. Um, I felt like I was reading an awful lot, and this might be more on me as uh, I'm, t- you know, I'm two decades further on now in being a game master and a player. Um, I was reading a lot of passages to my players. I felt like my players sometimes were taking a back seat to what was happening in the the campaign. Um, and I know any, like you say, any campaign is you've got to put your homework in, and there are things that are going to happen it's a it's it's a world where things are happening to the players and around the players and and done well that that lends verisimilitude but i felt like my players were sitting back watching a show or reading listening to 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 me read them a story um for for a lot of what we did so um uh, I don't think that was exactly why they stepped away from it, why they made the choice to step away from it. But I do remember reading. There's a lot of there's a lot of interaction between NPCs, and I suppose on one level that's a good thing. You want your, your you want your NPCs to be complex and nuanced, and to have relationships with one another that the players can discern. But I found there was a lot of um. <sighs> When it, when two NPCs are arguing, or and your and your players are just sort of overhearing <laughs> stuff all the time, like there seemed to be yeah. like a lot of that. There seemed to be a lot of back and forth between NPCs, where the players were just mm-hmm. really kind of kind of passive.
1: Can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you do, did you do different voices for the characters? I sure did. I sure, <laughs> did. I sure
2: did. I sure did. I did. I had, you know, I had the angry squirrel you how, know, and then the How embarrassing
1: the little,
2: was that? Um, well, it was these were pretty good friends, so I think they <laughs> Yeah, they they indulged me and uh, you know, I didn't make them crazy crazy voices, but I did try to animate because, you know, you don't want you actually you don't want you don't want your you, you've got to put a little something into those voices, otherwise, because it's already it's it's NPC to NPC. So if you're, right. if you if you don't even like use like voices, it's it's going to be even more boring. So um, so anyway, so <laughs> yeah. uh, so it becomes time to I, put on a show. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I really I mean, you're right. Can't it was it was putting that. on a show. Yeah.
0: What having That's to like uh, more- talk to yourself as the GM?
1: Yeah, I mean, like the players are there. To play a game, not to sit back and listen to Starkweather and more rant, or Starkweather rant and more trying to calm him down. Yeah, know, about like sexism in Antarctica.
0: Yeah, it, it it's a it's a type of play style that can only be improved with sock puppets.
1: <laughs> I, I, and and I found myself like glossing over a lot of that, like just summarizing it if it was something big or it added emphasis to what was going on, I I, I would kind of do that. But I I just, I want these kids or anybody who's playing to like, enjoy playing a game instead of, you know, watching me poorly, try and do different accents, talking to myself.
2: I think this, this, this book i what i would have really appreciated and i do appreciate the heft of it i really do i have some comments on that too the sheer heft of it and the sheer word count and the density of it but what i would have appreciated and i but but i do appreciate it i appreciate in every sense of that word of just appreciating the sheer amount of information that it presents i would have really liked in the very beginning of the book some sort of almost another voice to take the keeper aside and say, this is a massive book with lots going on. This is what you need to emphasize to your players. Like this is what you really, really need to get across. And then the rest of this book, feel free to dive in as deep as you want to go. Or like you just said, Steve pull back and sort of skim a lot of that. But, but, but you know, at base, just just a sort of a synopsis, you know, sort of sell me on this, sell me on this, I mean, they literally did sell me on it, I bought the book, but uh, give me, as a keeper, give me, uh, you know, kind of the, you know, pull me aside and, and, and give me the sort of rough and dirty, the snapshot of this, uh, right. just a chapter with that, and then, you know so I know what to emphasize so I'm not reading hundreds and hundreds of pages to try to kind of mine out what I'm su- what what is supposed to matter most in the midst of all of this dense text and busyness where where's the right. where are the kickers where are the where are the landmines that I'm that I'm supposed to kind of detonate on these people
1: so, right and it's it, it's it's a difficult editing process on a keeper's part because like you said it's huge it's a doorstop of a book. And it's densely written. The version you have is three columns per page. I have the uh, I have the reprint, which is two columns per page, which is a little bit easier to read. But yeah. it's still it's a it's a lot, and it's a slow burn. And that's that's what gets you. It's a slow burn. Nothing happens, like mythos wise, for. Uh-oh. Almost half of it, probably even like until what, like chapter nine or ten. Yeah, like when seventy-five. Start, of it. Yeah, is when you when you actually have like Call of Cthulhu stuff happening. Yeah. <laughs> before before that, it could be it could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now I did notice um, because Steve, you let me borrow your digital copy, and I saw Brian's copy on camera before we started all of the highlights that you guys have would it have killed them to put more bullet points in there
1: i think i think it could have done with a little bit of editing like um in terms of like the the book itself like um organizationally i guess and and i think you could have done a lot with layout
0: yeah nick could Obviously have fixed full- all
1: that well, and this was is, this is before Nick's layout time, and and obviously the reproduction's a reproduction. He had nothing to do with that. I
2: was
3: nine when this came out. <laughs> you <laughs> right. still could have fixed it.
2: But, yeah. but, and you I would mean, have been 21 when you finished playing it if you started playing when you were nine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but a lot of it, honestly, is they have um, like shaded insets, that you don't know if they're supposed to be keeper-oriented or player-oriented or both. Because some of them are both. They'll mm. have, like, you know, player-facing information, and you'll read through and go, I'll just give this to the players, right? It's cool. Everyone loves handouts. Until the last paragraph where they mention Shugga. And you're like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> right. I, you know, that's just something I don't like about <laughs> adventures in general Is is when they're written in prose and you have to like pick out what the players are supposed to know what you're supposed to know and and you really have to do deep reading of the text you know i want to be able to if you guys if if i'm running something and it goes in a slightly different order and i don't really think that you could do this campaign in a slightly different order
1: so what i found I had mentioned that I'm much happier with it now the past couple of weeks um, is I kind of th- threw out the story
3: mm-hmm.
1: still like kind of there with it. Right. Right. But um, I- I'm treating it like any other adventure. Like uh, these are the parts. This is where everything is. These are the people. And this is what their motivations are. And whatever happens, happens. Right. That's how I'm, I'm, I'm approaching it now. They're there. I don't have to worry about them getting there. I don't have to worry about saboteurs or anything. We're past all of that. That's all in the past. It's all built up. That's in their memory banks and their notes. Now we can take it and have a game. Right. And it's it. I feel much happier. Like, um, for example, they're about to actually go in the airplanes and go up right and see the city of the elder things spoiler alert there's elder things um and the book would have you these are the people that are going Mm. and i more or less just said had one the guy you know the more the head of the expedition say who would you take who do you think we should take on this and that's who we're taking that's who's going it's not. It's not the same list, right? Right. Um, so if something happens up there that was supposed to happen, and that person's not there, I don't give a fuck.
0: Right. <laughs> now, now speaking speaking of that, let's 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 kind of rewind it and look at the exciting things that players can do. Uh, they they can investigate a, my, a mysterious death.
1: That was actually pretty cool, right? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Like a lot of the, not the equipment fiddling part of it.
0: Oh uh, wait, I haven't gotten there yet. In the beginning,
1: uh, you all you all sign up for this expedition to go to the Antarctic. It's the follow up to the uh, Miskatonic um, expedition. It's the infamous Starkweather moor, and so your players are tasked because uh, Starkweather in, in this is um, basically a buffoon. He he is, um, uh, what's his name from Futurama?
0: Zap Brannigan.
1: Zap Brannigan. He is 100% Zap Brannigan.
0: Hey, everybody, we are and, going to Antarctica.
1: And uh, the players are tasked with uh, basically cleaning up after him. <laughs> um, you know, getting the right equipment, making sure the equipment is, and it's boring. But during all this, there's like a murder that they can investigate, which is pretty cool. Mm. There's a kidnapping that they can investigate, which was super cool. Uh, there's a, a dock fire, like really cool actiony stuff happens right. that the players can get involved in. And I, I was I was all right with all that, right? But yeah, you're right. It's like okay, today's session is here's a list of equipment. Uh, you are going to track it down. With dice rolls.
0: Mm -hmm. That's, you know, it's kind of boring. Inventory the snowshoes. (laughs) (laughs) Get in the damn merch booth and sell those Starkweathermore (laughs) t-shirts.
1: And I get why they want you to do this. They want to get into the minutia of it, and they want to get people invested in this expedition, right? (laughs) I get that. There's
0: got to be a better way. Uh, Yeah, have them be like protagonists (laughs) in the story. (laughs) Right. Instead of like (laughs) uh, paid servants.
2: Rod, you had mentioned a few minutes ago, like uh, because I had showed off my, when we had the video going, uh, when we were getting together tonight, uh, I had showed off my my copy and how heavily highlighted it is with uh, highlighter markers. And that is something that I am normally loath to do i have uh pretty much the whole library of of classic call of cthulhu books um in print and i'm
1: the there's a librarian <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes so you know nothing enrages a librarian than opening up a library book uh and seeing it all covered in highlighter pen you know high- that someone else has gotten there before you and 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 marked up the book so this is my copy though of course not a library book um but I made the decision. I, I it was like, do I keep this as an artifact, a beautiful big fat bookshelf artifact, or do I actually what what do I have to physically do to this thing to make it playable? And my answer to myself was, I need to take highlighter pens and and also I've got penciled and I used a pencil, not a pen, but I've got notes all through it, annotated, you know. And somebody might say, well, that's what you. That's of course. Dummy, that's what you do with with game books. They're meant to be used. You're meant to highlight them and write notes to self and all that. Uh, Okay, but um, you know this. This I felt. You know, I guess what I'm saying is, for me, that's not normally what I do. Um, I'll either make a photocopy or I'll purchase it as a PDF or whatever, and I'll print the PDFs. That's probably what I would do now. Um, but back then, I didn't really have access to any of that, so it was the, it was the physical book. And with some misgivings, I took a highlighter pen to this big book. And but I said, I've got to I've got to do it. I've got if I'm going to make this workable. And and I and I had had it all color coded. Uh, a certain color was so that I would literally read you know read this part to the players or read these these are details that I can share with the players. And then I had another color for, uh, these are secrets that are behind the scenes. Um, And then I had another color for uh, 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 what different NPCs, what what they might have been doing in in the scene. So but it really became a necessity to do that, just because of the sheer amount of words and the layout and the text. I needed to do that to, to make it a manageable experience. And as I look at the kind of read to players, which was yellow, there's an awful lot of that. There's an awful lot of that. Now, part of that, you could say, well, that's that that's my that was at my discretion. You didn't have to read as much of that as as you did, or highlight as much of that as, as you needed to to read to them. But there is, there's an awful lot of yellow highlighter pen, which to me, in my in my copy meant read this aloud to the players or read or paraphrase it or something and there's an awful lot of that so that kind of that kind of uh, sort of reinstates or reinforces that there's an awful lot of narration where the players are simply observers versus being the sort of you know the principal feeling like they're the principal protagonists and the movers and the shakers they're not. Um, they're just part of the show, they're part of the chorus for uh, at least the initial part, big, uh, at least the initial third of the book, big chunk of the book. They not, they're even, not the key movers and shakers.
1: Even when the shit hits the fan, so to speak, and they become the movers and shakers, they're still not. Because instead of getting their orders from Starkweather or more, now Lexington starts giving that, like after, yeah. after like they discover the 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 infernal engine and all that. So yeah. they're still like even like amidst the the climax of everything, they're still like kind of you know that no, nope, they're not gonna walk into the room and say he bit off his head like a gingerbread man. You don't get that because that's not the player's job. That's somebody else's job, right? Yeah. <clears throat> which which kind of?
2: I mean, there I was know, one. That... There was one part in the early part of the narration that my my players did delight in, and that was the um, the the ritual on the ship. The rich, not meaning like a Cthulhu ritual, but like the crossing yes. of the uh, is it the crossing of the meridian. Uh, yeah, the, the equator. The, the equator, yeah. uh, where the, the they, they become shellbacks, or their shellbacks yeah, the kid, and they become full fledged sailors, or something like that. The kids like Again, that it's been too. Twenty years.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like yeah. yeah they good.
2: really. I actually had one of my players was uh, had a relative who had was a mariner and had experienced something like that, and so he he had already had stories, tales like of. of Told to him of what his relative had gone through, uh, and this was something. So when he enc- when he encountered it uh, in the game, he was tickled that um, that cool. he had that's that really he cool. Yeah, that he got to be he got to his through through the fiction, he got to be a part of that. So that was very. So I do I do applaud just the sheer level of, of detail, the loving, you know, obsessive. Obsessive level of detail that has gone into this book because, uh, uh, in that magic moment, one of my players was really brought into the story, like he was already, you know, invested and all that, but that really, I don't know, for in his particular in individual circumstance, made the Made it even more alive for him, and that was a lot of fun. But even there, a lot of that was me describing what was going on with the sailors, um, mm-hmm. you know, and how they were they were bringing the players uh, forward. But again, they're they're not they're not really they're they're there. They're participating, but it's more like and then this happens to you, and then this happens to you, and then this happens. Right. And then they bring out this, and they bring out that, and it's um, it's even then it was more of a. a Telling a story to them than it was them having agency uh, in a. And it certainly, it wasn't a crisis. It was a kind of a fun part. Uh, no,
1: but it's it's it leads to a crisis because yeah. while that's going on, uh, Danforth is sabotaging or Danforth's agent, sorry, is sabotaging the food, right?
2: Yep. 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 Um, sure.
1: And I think. Because so many things are happening to them, when it comes time to act, like, um, with the food, uh, people kind of get a little, am, am I supposed to do something? Like, reticent, Right. because so, so much has been happening to them, they don't have agency to be able to do stuff like that. And, and I found myself, like, saying, okay, so what are you guys going to do?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Or or have uh, more say. Uh, why don't you go look at the refrigerator? Or,
0: right. Know, it wouldn't be
1: a great idea to do this instead of like them thinking of stuff to do for themselves.
0: Right. Right. Now I I remember reading through, uh, that part and the whole crossing the line thing. Oh, that's kind of neat, but couldn't we just redline this this part of the journey? Maybe get to some of the sabotage stuff you know yeah, yeah it's, it's an you, interesting rodney. little detail but
2: yeah for for us it took the better part of like one session to go through all that and and in my in my instance my my particular situation with my players they did want to go like blow by blow but that was because one of my players again had this kind of personal connection but i'm with you rodney that i think a lot of people would want to redline that and i that's the kind of editorial advice i think should be there for the keepers um, in, at the beginning of every chapter, like these are the things you must convey. These are the right. things that you can redline. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that, that would be extremely helpful, um, to kind of be these kind of way markers as you make your way into this deep, deep, deep book with all of these details, uh, a friendly, uh, posting, uh, to the, to the, to the keeper. That we don't really get. That we do get a bit of a keeper's overview at the beginning. But I'm looking at page uh, 86, and I know we're, we're, you know, this isn't one of these read-alongs here, but um, it's, uh, and again, it's a three, mine is a three-column book, but there's a, I mean, there's just a whole column of just back and forth of dialogue uh, with, uh, with, you know, with the. uh, the dogs. With the ceremony. Oh, with the dogs. Yeah. yeah. The dogs. Yeah, like the ceremony See, has happened, and then the dogs have been poisoned, and
1: there's now. This
2: one says, and we've got to help. No, the let's dogs. Do this. Save the dogs, and then there's it, a lot of. It's on page
1: vision. eighty on in your copy. Um,
2: from. Yeah. Yeah. It's just back and forth, and back and forth, and it's 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 like you were saying at the beginning, Steve. It's very much like reading a novel. And then somehow we're going to shoehorn gamers into this. It's like I'm reading, uh, I'm actually reading dialogue between, uh, you know, instead of just uh, to, to Rodney's point or, or to Redline or just, you know, a bullet point, the dogs have been poisoned. And then get right. let the keeper, give the keeper the, the, the liberty to, to, to kind of, okay, the dog's been poisoned. How do the, we don't need, we don't need literally like right. line by line every. How do
1: the players, player's react to that? Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, you know, there's just, here's this NPC, it's Starker's Curse, I tell you, shut up, look who's listening. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, it's just, it's very, uh, you know, and I, yeah. I believe I read, looking back on my it's ancient like... highlighting, I read all that to my players. It's a, it's and a like uh, porn movie dialogue.
0: Yeah,
2: it, yeah it's, it's very, like, I think these... These days, and I, I know I'm saying we're saying this with the benefit of two decades worth of game design, and um, you know, so it's it's there. There is that, but I, I these days I find myself much more uh, leaning into lean, mean adventures and rules products um, with a lot of bullet points. Mm-hmm. You know, just give me the bullet points. Give me what's in the room. Gets. Give me what's in the scene. Give it to me right. as bullet points that I could, at a glance, I can see what's going on, and then trust me as the game master to make that come alive with my own voice.
0: I agree. I agree. This um, stuff, one 100%. thing. So, oh, go ahead.
1: I, I was just going to say that it's funny you picked this scene because my son. His character is a dog handler. So all this was going on and I was like, fuck that. Um, and I just had Logan do all that shit. Right. Logan got to put the dogs down and all that, which was kind of cool. I mean, in terms of gaming, they probably traumatized him. He's a big boy. He can deal with it. Yeah. Um, so the, the they all chose uh Characters that would fit into a lot of the NPC stuff. Mm-hmm. Like one of them is a pilot mechanic. Right. One of them is, is a dog handler with biology with a uh, you know veterinary medicine, or so biology. Um, another one is like a uh, survivalist. Like he's a, he's an outfitter, right? right. So uh, they all have like roles that would be in the expedition.
0: So. And important parts of the expedition. Yeah,
1: so fortunately, I get to have them do stuff. I And I think that's definitely part of... Well, it, it hampers them in some ways, because none of them are scientists. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole discovery thing, you kind of have to say, well, the geologist says this kind of thing. Right, right. But like you we were saying, Brian, you have to trust your players and your, and whoever's running at your keeper that it's not their first rodeo. And I think if you're playing this, it's not your first rodeo. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, you know, I know again, we've had 20 years worth of game design and I, I know that, uh, or I seem to think, or I observe that a lot of the newer games are going to those uh, smaller, tighter, Leaner, meaner experiences, cutting away a lot of that to get to the meat of things. So, so I don't maybe think it uh, takes
1: twenty years of gaming experience, honestly, Brian. Because I'm like going to pull this out here. Uh, this is dungeon module S1, Tomb of Horrors, right? And basically, you know, it's a dungeon,
0: big dungeon, there's small there's
1: There's it's a dungeon. It's like a 12 page book. And it basically, this is what you see in the room. This is what's in the room. There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, kind of a full circle sort of thing. You know, that's what the OSR brought to the table was hey, let's just trust the GM, trust the players to come up with their own thing. Here's a, here's a, Quick and dirty framework to get that done.
1: I think one of the issues with Call of Cthulhu specifically is that they don't. The system does not do travel well at all, ever. Yeah. Like in D and D, you have you know rules for 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 hex crawling, right? Mm-hmm. You have rules that take care of it. Same thing in Traveler. You know there there are. That's how it works, and they don't have anything called Call Cthulhu for that. I'm probably thinking because they want to redline a lot of that, or if something's going to happen on the way, it's going to be something that's going to happen on the way. Right,
0: right. You know, like you a have, little mini-adventure. Right, you have two choices. But they, a redline or a scripted event.
1: Right. If, if something's going to happen, it's going to be like Deadlight, right, which was mm-hmm. designed to happen on uh, your way from one thing to another. Right. It, it's not going to be like, okay, roll a d10 on a one or two, you have a random encounter. It, it doesn't it doesn't work that way, which frees up a lot, I think, in some ways. But in other ways, it opens it up for this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, when you look at the, the fantasy genre, like a lot of dragons and Dragons and, and that type of stuff... It's, it's typically a location-based, uh, or oftentimes is a location-based adventure, whereas Call of Cthulhu is an event-based uh, adventure. So you you have to, you know, you're, you're there to experience an event and sort of solve a mystery or deal with something, a horror, whereas a, a lot of your sort of D&D, at least in my experience, is you're, 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 it's much more sandbox. You're free to uh, you're free to travel to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. Go this way, go that way. Go by the lake, go through the woods, um, and you're just sort of you know, and, and and you decide: Do we go deeper into the castle? Do we go deeper into the catacombs? And it's very location based, mm-hmm. um, whereas a, a, a Call of Cthulhu usually you have more of a plot. Uh, where you have uh, the villains uh, are, are going to do what they're going to do, and you're there to or villains, or I say villains, but they could be entities, whatever they are. Um, it's 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 Antagonist. not so much a the antagonists, right? Uh, it's typically not an open world. It's it's not a sandbox. It's it's a it's very much a uh, this is going to happen if you decide to play this game tonight with your friends. This is what you're going to be experiencing. Um, versus, uh, again, the Dungeons & Dragons, where it's like, well, this is... If you go into the castle, this is what you could experience. If you go this level of the dungeon, this is what's waiting for you there. But it's there's much more of a sense of uh, open world, I've always found, um, with, with D&D. And that's not a criticism of Call of Cthulhu. One's not better than the other. It's just a very different... Uh, Sort of setup. It's a very different set of expectations one over the other. Yeah, when, um,
0: when you have you know, something like uh, like Dungeons and Dragons with the random encounter tables and stuff like that, you can inadvertently create an, an entirely new adventure off to the side, just emergently. Uh, something yes. something like this, you know. It going back to the kind of railroady aspect of this particular campaign. Is it there it has to proceed on the rails you have to go from point a to point B you know you can't meander around and end up in Samoa for a little while or yep. you know float over real well you, you can I'm sure you know the players players could just very well hijack the ship and because they're tired of the campaign and decide to go pirating in the East China Sea or something.
2: It's it's funny you should say, Rodney, because you can't see me, but I'm nodding my head with everything you've just said. That sense of emergent play is very much constrained in a a Call of Cthulhu kind of a situation, because yes, they have to happen. You disagree. I disagree. disagree
1: Not 100%. I semi-disagree, I think that the the best call of Cthulhu to me is you have a situation, right? Whatever that is, Mm -hmm. cultists trying to bring the Sphinx back or whatever it is. And you have locations, right? And, you know, you have mega locations like, you know, New York City, Nairobi, Cairo. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have locations within locations within those locations. And OK, so you have stuff that can happen in the museum, stuff that can happen in the library, stuff that can happen here, there and everywhere. Right. And mm-hmm. players are pretty much free to do whatever they want in there. And then they trigger events when, when they go to certain places. And once you've triggered an event, it affects the other event. That's uh, I think that is the the best call of Cthulhu to me. Like um, you know, massive Nyrulph—it's a great example of that. Brotherhood of the Beast is the same way. This yeah. doesn't do that though. You don't have that with this. This is here's point A. You will get to point B by the end of this chapter. Then from point and B, you will go to point C.
2: And I think that's. To, I've played through Brotherhood of the Beast, and early on, my characters had a sense of not only agency, but urgency. Like they realized something very foul was afoot and they were active agents trying to track down and solve this this issue, this problem that was emerging. Um, Whereas like we've talked about in this particular campaign, you're sort of an observer for such a huge part of it before you have any sense of personal investment. Um, the other – like the other two you just mentioned, Masks and and Day of the Beast, there's a sense of urgency. Stuff's happening to you and you're realizing, you know, yes, I could go – I could I could throw up my hands. We could all take a trip to London now. We could all take a trip somewhere. But the evil is going to keep uh, – If you money. don't do well, something about yeah. it, no one else will. Yes. Whereas this one, you're sort of along for the – even the most famous of the train ride uh, uh, campaigns horror on the Orient Express, a literal railroad you are tasked by the professor at the very beginning that there is a horrible evil afoot and you must you must deal with it. Uh, this one you're you know you're explorers you're sort of okay go explore these you know this Antarctic realm and you're not really you're just kind of okay. And that 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 actually became for my players. That's where they ducked out uh, to get back to Rodney's point. Like you know, originally, like that sort of sense of uh, they they got to that point where you. I think Rodney, you said something like well, they could take the they could take the boat and go to the South China Sea if they wanted. <laughs> um, that's what they did. They my players got to they realized. Um, I don't know if this is if this is poor keepering on my part to, to the way I just I, I maybe I own I should own more of this, maybe it was poor players, uh, so maybe it was maybe it was us and not the material, but my players. What happened was they got to the point where they the air canisters on the airplanes were uh, had been tainted. befouled, tainted air, and uh, they got to a thanks in- Starkweather. A- <laughs> They got to that point, and they decided they were not going to get on the air. The next flight over the mountains, you know, when it was sort of like, "Well, okay, let's have another go at this, and get on the next." You know, they'll figure this out, and we'll have a go at getting over the mountains. And that's when you just—that's when you get the hook, right? That's when you finally see the the horribleness that is the uh, the horrible realization. They never got there because so much had happened. There had been so many acts of sabotage. Between the it's fires like, and the poisonings and the this sabotage and that. city. yeah. So my <laughs> players were like, they actually said, "We we care about these characters. You talk about wanting to get into your characters' skin." They said, "We're in the skins of our of our characters now. We don't, you know, as players, yes, we realize we're in a horror game and we pro- we're supposed to get on this plane and stuff's supposed to happen to us." But they said, "You know, our our play our characters wouldn't want to get on this plane." the motivation they just so they did the they did the very sort of sensible thing which was they sat it out they refused to get on the pl- the campaign just came to a, a screeching halt as they just they just sat it out they said we you no know, no mass we're done we're not getting on that airplane and i had nowhere you know you're sitting in the middle of the antarctic i had nowhere to and again maybe it was me as a keeper i had no other i had no fallback to that i had no and I guess maybe maybe I want something that, that I should have been able to come up with on my own, but maybe something in the book with, you know, that would recognize that there is all these terrible things happening in the run-up to getting to the mountains. How to keep your player characters invested. How to keep them uh, pushing forward. The other campaigns we just mentioned, you know that there's something befoul happening and you have to you have to it's going to fester and grow if you just step away. This one not so much. A bunch of crappy things kept happening and they were just like, nope, we're done. We're not yeah. gonna we're not I gonna mean, get on the plane.
0: You you start this campaign signing up for the exposition. You're not recruited or anything. You volunteer. You know, it's like you know if 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 the player characters decided from the beginning, they get to it, they meet Starkweather, you know, you have a PC who's a female, and and Starkweather talks his shit, and it's like, why would my character even want to go? Be on the boat with this guy for months? You know, what if if somebody investigating the, the captain's murder jumps out, has to jump out the window, because the police are going to catch them if they don't do so, you know, they break their leg. You're not getting on a ship with a broken leg.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I gave the the kids very, very big leeway on most of that stuff. Yeah. Like I wasn't even asking for roles. I was like, okay, what's what's your dex? Oh, your dex is is thirteen? Uh no no big deal. You make it. I just I wanted to protect them enough that can actually play the game instead of, like, get them nickel and dimed to the point where they don't want to go. And and you're right, Brian. um, We just got to that point in in our campaign. And one of the kids is... And I didn't do the oxygen thing. I remember what you had said. And I was like, I'm not even going to do that. You know, they're just going to go up. And that's, you know, they've got bigger problems. You know, with interpersonal relationships, they think that um, you know the Germans are Nazis, which they are <laughs> now going to be, and um, that Lexington's in league with them, and and all sorts of like, you know, they have enough on their in their minds on their plate, so to speak, right? So I didn't even do that, and one of them was just like, "Why would we? Why should we be going up there? <laughs> we, we've got like we've got like these." Dead Elder Things here, we were warned there's a city up there, because they all had to read at the Mountains of Madness in the game. Uh, there's a city of Elder Things, we should probably just leave. <laughs> I, was,
2: I was like, oh, fucking Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, years later, one of my players uh, came to me, we were hanging out, and 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 it came up. This was years years later, uh, and he said to me, "You know, I feel bad that we abandoned that campaign where we did." Um, you know, as a player, I realize now that I'm supposed to go along with the idea that it's a horror game, and we're in this to be the the players, the protagonists in a an unfolding horror saga. So. Me as player should have just had my character get on the plane, and uh, you know, but 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 that's very meta. You know, that's kind of I know we're all on some level we're all you know kind of meta gaming. On you know we're all aware that we're putting our characters in harm's way as as to to play call a game like Call of Cthulhu, but by the same token, Call of Cthulhu is is celebrated for being a game of uh, sort of everyday heroes that are very relatable types, and people get into uh, yes. this. Damn, oh, everyday heroes, so yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, everyday folk who, uh, uh, you know, people get invested uh, in, their, in their Call of Cthulhu characters as much as people get invested in their, their fantasy game characters, maybe for different reasons. Um, but, you know, that was a level of meta that even while I sort of agreed with my friend and said, "Yeah, it would have been great if you had actually gone on the gotten a couple of you had gotten on the plane," you sh-, you know that was what you were quote unquote supposed to do. And as players, maybe you should have recognized that. But I couldn't really fault them. I'm like, you know, you you were playing your characters, and I uh, and you were into your characters, and that sort of meant that you wanted to preserve them. You didn't want to go up in a plane that you thought was going to crash or something crazy was going to happen. Why would you yeah, that's just you know, that's go like up. taking your D&D character and say let's go to the very bottom level of the of the dungeon first.
0: Right, or 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 you yourself wouldn't get have gotten on this plane.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Yeah, so so you want to play these characters as, as somewhat lifelike or you know, uh, uh with with real world uh, you know, uh, the beauty of, Call of Cthulhu is it's sort of a a quote unquote real world World with these horrific elements sprinkled in, uh, but you're still playing sort of real world. That's the whole concept of sanity. Like uh, I think of uh, in fantasy games, you know, you're going up against horrible monsters all the time that would that would be horribly sanity shaking for your average Cthulhu character. So, but they're just made to to adventure. They're made. You're in. The, that's the expectations of that genre. This genre. You know, you've got characters that are more fragile. You've got characters that are more uh, uh, sort of living in the quote-unquote real world. So if all this is happening to them, yeah, I I would argue, yeah, that's playing your character is not agreeing to get on that plane. And what a real world it is. What a real world it is, yes. That's my
1: segue to talk about the source book of this (laughs)
3: thing.
1: The simulation. (laughs) Because because the there's 17 chapters of the actual adventure, which in my copy of it it is about 280 pages of a non-campaign. The rest of it, the rest of it's uh, 432 total pages uh, is appendices on uh, Antarctica, uh, like how to, how to like literally, like a, a how to survive in Antarctica, uh, the actual story of what's going on, which should have been in the beginning of the book, to tell you the truth. Um, stats for NPCs, which should be as they come up, instead of like all oh, popped in the back, and and like stats for planes and dog sleds and zeppelins and and you know weird like why vehicles why do i care what the the boeing 247 what what the game stats for it are especially if what's going to happen to that boeing 247 is pre-written in the book
2: anyway so yeah well i think i mean this i'm not disagreeing with you steve but i'm wondering um This was written in 2000, published right around 1999, 2000, somewhere in there. Let me see. I think think it was 1999. 1999. You know, and I think a lot of that stuff, people didn't have – I don't know. I'm trying to remember. It was 1999. The internet was still very new. Like now, we would have all those details on Antarctica if we yeah, just opened up the internet, like, I think this was a... I don't a- use a lot of those details.
1: I mean, I want to yeah. set the scene. I want them to know it's cold. I want them <laughs> to know that if they take off their glove, like, and, and poke around with, with a gloveless hand, they're gonna get frostbite. I want them to know those things, right, and have it in the back of their mind. But I don't need to know to the minutest detail, you know, the weight yeah. of what, a what a dog sled entails, you know. The yeah, actual that's sledding. true.
2: That's I, I hear you. And, um, I, but you know, I also I know uh, you know. Uh, I feel like you know, Call of Cthulhu has always sort of one of its tags has always been it's 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 been a m- more sort of erudite game or scholarly game, and I'm not trying to be snobby. But it's just got that reputation for for being sort of that versimilitude um, with the handouts and things. If you look at the core books, the 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 sort of page after page of of, of, of minute differences between guns um, in the in in some of the core books and things like that. Like now, a lot of games are just like handgun comma small, handgun comma medium, handgun comma large. You know that's and that's all you need. Um, but I think oh, the, the
1: game, used to be like that.
2: Yeah, but at some point it became you know there's like if you look at the the, the roster of weapons and the, the some of the, the the page upon page of equipment lists, it it, it does get very uh, into the weeds. Um, so I, I feel like this is kind of par for that. Like, I think maybe I don't mean to, uh, I, I, I don't know the writers at all. I've never, never talked with them, but I'm wondering if they, they felt that they had to put all of that in to be sort of like, this is, this is what we have to do. We can't just kind of skim. We need to put this detail in for people who are hungry for that level of detail. But Brian, yes, sir.
0: What color are the dogs?
2: Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, in my mind's eye, they're all huskies, and they're all, uh, you know, they're all husky with blue eyes, and they're cute. You one, know, dogs. one blue, one, one right. green. Yeah, but they're big, beautiful, fluffy dogs. But
0: that no, kind of goes dogs. to your point about the, the the depth of detail is we know the acceleration rate of a certain Boeing aircraft, how much it weighs. um you know how big is the fuselage in in cubic centimeters, but you know, oh yeah, dogs. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. no, I, I get you. I, I,
2: I, I, get you. I, th-
0: I think, I think that if you're going to have something, you know, companion animals, I guess, because I mean, there's a big section where you are dog sledding, correct?
1: Yes, there's, there's a, a section that describes dog sledding and the dangers of dog sledding and different kinds of ice you can encounter and what you have to do if you come to ice while you're dog sledding, all sorts of things.
0: Right. And I so it would seem to me of, that the, you know, and you know how players are, you know, they will always try to adopt a pet of some type. Uh, you know, you've got these these, these animals here. It's like, yeah, all the different types of ice and stuff like that. Okay, well, you know, at least keep me invested in taking care of the dogs. Tell me about, you know, what breed are they? What color are they? You know, if you're going to tell me how much a dog sled weighs and how much it can carry, tell me what my dogs look like.
1: (laughs) Well, they take care of that because once you start getting into encountering dead elder things, the dogs all go batshit.
0: Oh they get rid of the dogs. Dogs run off.
1: No, the dogs uh, just get barky. Uncontrollably barky.
2: But there is there's such a for for better or ill there there is such a wealth of detail but like like you say Rodney very selectively perhaps but there 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 is such a a detail a level of detail that as someone trying to run the game it is so easy to get lost. In all of the mm-hmm. details, whether it's the whether it's the minutia about the equipment, um, uh, the 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 conversations back and forth, the endless conversations between NPCs, um, there's just it's it, it's it's sort of it, it, just by sh- by dint of sheer size, when you need to find something that matters, it's very hard to find because mm-hmm. it's so it
0: so much information so, there—a glut. Yeah. Now, yeah. speaking, speaking of detail, and, and this has been the butt of several jokes uh, around, around the chat room, is the recipe for pemmican included in the
2: book? All right, I'm looking in the back, and I'm not seeing pemmican. So it it's in chapter years. five. Chapter five. Yeah, it's been 20 years, but I seem to vaguely recall learning more about pemmican than I ever thought I would ever <laughs> need to know in my life.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh I'm sorry, chapter six, chapter six.
2: Chapter six. No, chapter My five. Chapter no, six. it's chapter five. Maybe it's chapter f- Chapter five, yeah.
3: It's Let's on see. page ninety four in the um in the hardcover book.
2: Here it is. Pemmican, yeah, I got it. Yep. All right. But And you know, I so, saw go ahead, Rodney, I'm sorry. Yeah, I
0: was I was just gonna say that you know, the other thing is is the the player characters have to make this shit. You know, you can't yeah. they're you can't go to the pemmican maker and say, Yo, man, I need like thirty tons.
1: There is no pemmican maker.
0: Right. You have to you have to be the pemmican maker. Meanwhile, plot happens while you're <laughs> the fucking greatest thing is the pick s-
1: That pemmican is so important. They have squeezing a,
0: a lard and dried blueberries together.
1: <laughs> There's a picture of of
0: the pemmican people.
1: Sitting around in the in the food processing plant, <laughs> looking like their souls have been sucked out through their noses.
2: Are, are you sure those are players waiting for something to happen?
1: <laughs> they are because those are the pemmican makers. because <laughs> They okay. made the pemmican.
2: These are the pemmican the pemmican squad. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I. Yeah. This is. I got it here. Yep. So I mean, I, I mean, I'm busting on this, but I mean, I, I hope. Oh, there's the not, picture.
0: If, oh, but, they they yeah. look so thrilled to be. There.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, I mean, I'm making you know, pivot.
2: <laughs> I know that. I know that. I'm sure the the, the Engens who wrote this poured their souls into this, and I don't want to make anybody feel bad that may be connected to this. You know, I feel I feel guilty because I mean. I you know for the time that we did play, I did enjoy it so I'm not I'm not saying we didn't we had a wonderful time with it. Uh, however, it, it is laden with concerns for me as but again, I have the benefit of you know a couple of decades of looking back and thinking about it but um, yeah, I mean I, I think it, it you know it could be maybe it could be grabbed and, and uh, you know uh, reissued, but radically, radically slimmed down, trimmed down, slimmed down and reorganized so that the players take more of a center stage uh, in the first third to half of it. Um, and yeah, just radically slim it. because I don't know. Is there, and I'm asking this, I don't know the answer to that. Is there a market for mammoth, big, chonky things like this? Or am I, maybe it's just me that just likes slim things these days. Is there, is there really a market for this kind of size of, And level of detail in an adventure. Everything everything
1: D&D puts out is this size, or maybe a little slimmer,
2: but... I, I, you know, this is my own personal bent. I lean much more these days into the OSR for that brevity. I'm 53 years old. I don't have time. I would see this now. Like, maybe, you know, a younger me saw this and was like, oh, cool, and could... This up, and maybe there are younger versions of all of us out there that would have no so problem with this. But what's me my now,
1: excuse, Brian?
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm
1: let's... older than you are.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. this would be
1: great to run.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know what you, yeah, you hey, that's on you, this, but this will uh,
1: be fun, yeah,
2: you oh, know, and it can fun. be fun, it can be fun, but I see a big, chonky thing like this, and I guess maybe. 20 30 years ago I would have thought this would be a virtue and a selling point now I see that and it's like that's kind of kryptonite I want something like like Rodney was saying earlier like a 15 page punchy uh you know give me give me what I need to know give me some flavor and and set me running with it set us running with it this I don't have the patience for this I don't have the the uh uh the bandwidth for it, given my job and my life, and maybe that says more about me than it does about the product. Well, but
1: uh, okay, it's, let's let's uh how many of us have read through or played through or ran uh the spawn of Sathagua?
3: We did, didn't we?
1: Or the trail? Yeah, the trail of Sathagua, the first the first one of that. We did, uh, I, and I'm just bringing it up because it's. It's somewhat similar. You're like in the remote, cold tundra. Yeah, but you do um, stuff. And you you do do stuff. That's true. But there's a trek across the ice that has stuff that happens in it. You know what I'm saying? Like every every bit in that serves to heighten the tension. And and you don't necessarily have like this, um, you know, cult. That is going to that you know is actively trying to destroy the world in it. You find stuff out um, as you're going along. You're also part of an expedition. This is, I think, an archaeological expedition. They're, they're, they yeah, some,
2: the Trail of Society. They found yeah. some glyphs. They There's something, some in, glyphs the ice, yeah. something in the arrest. ice, yeah. On a glacier, right? Yep.
1: And that leads you to, you know, the, the tale of Samper, or whatever the fuck his name was and the, and the form of the spawn and that's tight it's you know it's not very long it's maybe like 10 pages i'd have to pull it out but it's it's not very long um it's a, it's a ton of fun and but it's got more of a classic call of cthulhu structure to it
2: well something like and I this i think well, go ahead steve i, I didn't think, mean to cut
1: you i up. think if you if you it's a, it's okay I do it to people all the time <laughs> if you were to kind of make it more along that those lines where you're discovering things instead of um you know the geologist the team geologist is discovering stuff you know what i'm saying that like you're you don't have you know in, in that you don't have to be handed a copy of at the mountains of madness to to put everything together right you draw your own conclusions and oh a clue says to go here right Mm -hmm. in in this instead of like the germans giving you this copy of this book why can't you find something that leads you up the mountain yourselves that solves your problem of like i'm not going up there there's monsters up there yeah do you know what i'm saying so you, you as as a as a character you're like, come on, there ain't no freaking monsters. Let's yeah. go up the mountain because <laughs> that's what yep. this clue says go up the mountain. So that's what we're going to do instead of, um, you know, oh, you, you, you just go up the mountain because, you know, the Diracs would just invent up the mountain. It's a part right here in this book. That's my bad German accent.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I look at this uh, a- again after 20 years, but I'm looking at this big book. If I. I'm playing make pretend in my head. Like if I took this book and I wanted to make it – let's say I wanted to make it into a movie. We started this and said this would be like a novel. This is like a novel that, that became an RPG product. So if I took this book and I took it to a bunch of filmmakers and actors and actresses and I said, turn this into a film, I would have to chop this thing down. They would give say it's to the, too
1: fucking long.
2: Yeah. They would say, yeah, too many details, too big. If you're going to give this to a director and you're going to give this to actors and actresses to know their parts, you're going to have to chop this thing way down to give to that acting troupe, that production company to turn this into a film. You couldn't take what this is it's not a script. It needs to be turned into a script to give to a film company. So by extension I guess I'm thinking of role playing tabletop gamers in our own way no we're not doing it for the cinema but we are an acting troupe we're 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 a uh, you know we're we're it's a, it's a cinema of our mind right it's it's happening in our minds but we're playing our parts there's a director who's the keeper so it's almost the same thing take this thing it needs to be reworked if they wanted to but it's got to be radically chopped down and and reorganized to so that players, so it's more accessible. I think that's that's yeah. that's for me. That's the bottom line. It's there's a lot in here. It it needs to be. My two things would be it needs to be accessible, which it isn't, and then there are too many points where there's not an alternative. Like if you don't choose to go, if you choose to 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 give up, or you choose to do the same thing, there's really no way to get you back on the storyline. There's no there's no real um, there's no push. So,
1: there is if the yeah. Germans are Nazis
2: and they're armed. Well, do you think this would work better? Uh, ignoring for a moment the size of it, do you think this would work better as a pulp Cthulhu and just pulp it up?
1: Um, I don't necessarily think you have to pulp it up, though it probably could stand that a little bit. Uh, but I think you could make it more where there are. Actual human antagonists that are there, (laughs) as opposed to, as opposed to like the mysterious saboteur that no one has caught.
0: Right. Right? Why? Why is it a mysterious saboteur that no one has caught, and not the competing expedition hired a gang of pirates off the coast of Panama to harass you? You know, well, you're supposed
1: to think that.
0: Right, you're supposed
1: to. You're supposed that to think that's that. what's
0: going on. But why? Why would why you have the player characters think that when that's not actually the case, and just have that be the case?
1: Right, you I know. I think the, 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 the like, German should be more villainous.
0: Right, like Brian was saying earlier, and I think you mentioned a couple times too about the sense of urgency. If the competition was actually closer, if, if you know what I mean, it's like. Yeah. Well, they're in the, the
1: same camp. They, you all end up, like, in the same camp.
0: Right, right. But, so I mean, from, from the get-go, be. it's it's a race to get there first. You know, it's not right. like, oh, we're competing expeditions, and, well, you know, whoever a survived. Race.
1: Right. It's a believable race. Instead of Starkweather going,
0: we're going to get there before that damn
1: woman. Because that's clownish. Right, right. I I don't mean like nobody takes the guy seriously, so you don't have. I know he's in there to kind of give the sense of urgency and mm -hmm. impetus, but he's a clown.
0: He's a fucking clown. Right, right. And if if I was really going to try to run this campaign, you know, like like Brian was saying, like a rework, and and really a lot of that is cut the fucking you know, plot that happens in the background and bring it to the PCs instead of even having Starkweather, have Starkweather bankroll it, but the PCs are actually in charge of the expedition. You know, maybe Moore insists on going with them because science, but, you know, take that, you know, adventurer thing away from him and put it on the PCs. And
1: or, or make him a less clownish character, yeah, so that you have somebody who's there. But it, so, it, it, if you if, if you look at at the mountains of madness, it was Dyer's expedition. But Lake said, "Fuck you, I'm going on my own." Right, you could have a moment like that, right, where the players could be like, "No, we're going to do this."
0: we're, we're gonna, you can have you
1: can, we're gonna sign
0: up for the is, other guys' is, expedition right you you can
1: i think you could still have stark weather more both there but give the players agency it's really it's a question of agency and spending way too much time on this slow burn where you know you could redline most of that maybe have vignettes
2: of sabotage
3: hmm but, there,
2: a, it's been it's been a long time. I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to look here. Uh, what's the what's the hook that gets the pl- Is It just answer an ad to go on an Antarctic expedition, or is there more to it? Yeah,
1: that's pr- pretty much it.
2: Yeah,
1: it's right. answer an ad to go on an a- Antarctic expedition. Help wanted.
2: Help wanted. Which is <laughs> which is
1: fine. Which is fine, but make them actual members of the expedition like <coughs> recommended characters oh. for this you know um geologist one of the characters could be a geologist mm. you know one of the characters can be um a, a biologist you know th- things that will fulfill roles in the expedition itself as opposed to
0: being you know, uh they don't really third string dog handler, handler.
2: Maybe right. seed it early. Maybe seed it early with strong reasons to go on this expedition besides "Help Wanted," because there are so many opportunities <laughs> to say "Screw this, I'm out." But if you're if you have a, 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 a character who maybe is a relative of one of the people from the earlier doomed expedition, and you're going to find out what the hell happened, you know, right. come hell or high water. Uh, you know, something along those lines. So that is a, a right. little seed or something that you could plant with one of them. And Have, uh, have
1: the expedition be uh, prisoners. They're all prisoners. They're Australian. They're prisoners and they have to go <laughs> or they will spend more, more time in jail. Here, you've been press-ganged. Like, I'm
2: just <laughs> thinking of, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of like like... Like I'm thinking of Indiana Jones, like the first Raiders, where the guys from the government are like, you know, there's the there's an urgency. There's the the, the bad guys are looking for the. We army. don't want the Nazis,
1: and we, don't we don't want the know. Nazis getting this.
2: Right. It's just fucking right. Nazis, <laughs> right? Because they're bad it's, guys, and we don't want it's them. 19, it's
1: 1933, and Hitler is Chancellor of Germany.
2: Yeah, that's and they're, and they're, I
1: mean there's Nazis, there's, literal Nazis, right? Right. There. And they're
2: and they're scouring the they're scouring the globe for all these weird things and whatever. So yeah, you could you could you could do something like I, I think of that. Even hell, even big trouble in Little China, I think Jack Burton, he wanted his truck back. You know, I mean it's yeah. Uh, there's there's gotta be something to say, you know what? <laughs> the elders
1: then stole my truck. <laughs>
2: Oh, man, a there's a great, there's a great uh, uh, scenario or module. The elder thing stole my truck. <laughs> um,
0: you know what old Jack uh, Burton says at a time like this? <laughs> Fuck you, Starkweather.
2: Yeah, you are not here to get it, Mister Burton.
3: Uh, so um,
2: you know, I, I heck, I'd play that. That sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, give the, give the, you don't have to give the mystery away, but give the, give the, uh, the protagonist players, give them reasons to stay, to hang on by their fingernails if they have to, to get to the other side of the mountains until the, the urgency there, it picks up. Like there's a lot of slog to have to get to that point and a lot of demoralizing things that happen. So you want them to be the agents, you want them to be the heroes, and you want to give them, reasons to press on rather than just throw up their hands and say this is ridiculous so yeah i think i would have seeded it
0: you want me to punch some nazis in the face that good enough for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) there you go
2: (laughs) great great yeah yeah so alrighty then
0: (laughs) all right well that's been about an hour and a half guys uh uh, unless you have quite like secrets of publication, Nick.
3: Secrets. I don't of know what I could actually say um, without <laughs> kind of throwing some people under the bus. Oh yeah, well uh, we
0: don't want to throw anybody under the bus. And we'll...
3: um, I will say this: Have you ever seen anything else written by those writers? <laughs> uh, I didn't even catch their names. Uh, no.
2: Oh uh, no, I have not.
3: Uh, Charles and Jane Engen Engen and actually I could probably say this if I recall correctly they were not the first team of writers to work on it I believe that it went through several different teams of writers before it finally landed on Charles and Janice to finish it
1: so are you saying that we need to release the Snyder cut of Beyond the Mountains of
3: Madness? I think it could have used probably a better editing, you know. Yeah, I, and I can and definitely say. better layout too. Like I was, you know, just skimming through it. There's, there's at one point, there's a, a header at the bottom of a column that should have been moved to the next column. I don't get that, but yeah. Uh, uh, this was also published at a time when Chaosium was at one of its lowest points. Uh, this was right after Greg left for reasons I can't get into, um, <laughs> and Chaosium didn't have a whole lot of money. So, kind uh, of keep that in mind too. Um, yeah, production know, values. Yeah, you know they couldn't. They couldn't probably you know go through a whole lot of editing. They probably weren't paying people that much at the time right um, are you uh, saying
2: are you saying Nick that like I mean we've kind of we've we've given it a little bit of rough treatment um you know like Charles and Janice Janus Engen it, you know they've got the they've got primary credits on the cover but you know if they were given something to salvage like if if, if I'm if I'm kind of maybe I'm misinterpreting but if they were given a project to sort of salvage and 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 rescue you know maybe they 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 were constrained by by things that were already had happened so they made the best of what they had i don't probably. know if that's the story or not but but that's uh,
3: that's that's probably closer to the to the truth you know right. um especially I, with I the resources to, that they had yeah to work with. i mean
2: cuz i hate to think that somebody would listen to this maybe one of one of those folks or one of the other folks and and just feel like you know be shaking their fist and saying, "Oh, those those guys! They don't know those what assholes. we went through to yeah, <laughs> yeah, what we went through to get that to get that. Just the fact that you have it to talk about is an achievement, well, you know. So uh, it you is know, I, I, I it is a
1: passion, beloved you know? it's a beloved adventure. I mean, there's not a lot of negative press at all about it on the internet. You can't people like it,
0: yeah." Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's, well, it's like think... the the yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show of of Call of Cthulhu.
3: I will say I... this: it was fun to play as a kid, but I also had Charlie Crank as the GM, and he was a great GM. Um, he he ran it well. Um, he made it exciting. But um, I also recall that he cut out a lot of <laughs> a lot of the um, the boring bits. I think we kind of just went straight to Antarctica. Um and we well like you know cutting out the whole like you know the the ship trip and all that stuff. I think that we pretty much just went right into the meat of the thing.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a very fair point. Um, I think at, right now let's uh we just go kind of go around the table. Um, Brian. Yep. If you had it to do all over again, yep. or or you you were just given this book and said, Brian. I heard you on the show, fix it. What would you do?
2: I would radically trim it down. Uh, I, that's what I would. I would radically trim it down. I would put all kinds of, uh, I don't know, flow charts or some sort of relational map so that uh, to make it. I would fill it with keeper tools so that the keeper could could run it uh at more at a glance not 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 to be lazy but mm-hmm. but I would I would radically cut it down and I would give clear wayfinding markers whether it's flow charts or or box text or uh, some sort of synopsis at the beginning of every chapter uh and and I would just cut this thing down uh, I would bullet point many more things and I would just cut out so much of the dialogue so much of the of the just page upon page upon page of detail, so that you have um, a much slimmer, meaty slimmer, but but packs a punch where it needs to. So that I know I'm speaking in, in generalities, but that's what I would do because I would feel like if I had to hand this over to a group of players, I would I wouldn't hand them this brick. I would mm-hmm. hand them something that was much slimmer and um, with with more wayfinding tools for the presenter. And uh, something that they could invest their own more of their own agency into it as presenters and as players.
0: Okay, that's that's fair. Steve, same question.
2: Okay, so I would
1: take out everything in that appendix that had nothing to do with with uh, what you're going to actually use in the adventure. Um, you don't need that much detail. No one does. I would also make it so it was not a railroad. Um, I would make it more of a point-crawlish kind of thing Mm -hmm. where you have locations where stuff happens. um, And through the player's actions, what happens at other locations will be modified. I'd I'd make it more open-ended. And I think you can still accomplish stuff like that, um, if you have, you know, a, a keeper who is halfway decent and players who know how to role play, I, I don't think you need the hand-holding that this book affords. It's okay. just, you don't need that.
0: That's fair, that's fair. Nick, anything you would, uh, that strikes you that you would change?
3: Uh, like everyone else has said, I would cut out a lot. I would probably start at chapter 8 uh, where they reach Lake's camp. And I would end it at ch- at the end of chapter fourteen, which is essentially them escaping out of the um, the city of the elder things. So, with that in mind, I would cut out two thirds of it. <laughs> um, so it would go from if you're like looking in the uh, the, the the rule book, it'd be one twenty four to two sixty four. So it would be about hundred and forty pages. <laughs> Um, it's just the length era. of a regular old adventure these days, right? Uh, like know, a mini pretty, campaign, yeah, pretty... a yeah. mini campaign. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's still a solid campaign. You know, you get six weeks out of it, hmm. maybe more, depending on how it, how people are playing. Um, but yeah, it's it, it it's it could a lot could be cut out in my opinion, and you would still have like you would still have the same pretty much the same story it's just a lot of the fillers cut out Hmm. do you really need to make a list of all the things that you're taking to antarctica do you really need to role play the ship on the way there do you need to role play the return journey or should you just be on the continent once you start do you need to role play making 30 tons of pemmican do you need to role-play making 30 tons it of It so to play
1: much play. fun. So much fun. The Panic. We all remember the Panic.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's... Yeah. But it's... It, to, to next point, it's like you never see, like, Indiana Jones paying for his plane tickets. Like, there's just... It's <laughs> done.
1: That's because his, his university plays pays more.
0: <laughs> uh, Jones, yeah. I have a reservation to Bombay. <laughs> But
2: there's sure, there's you, a lot.
0: Do you have your passport, of, Mr. Jones? <laughs>
2: uh, but there's there's a lot of prom. I think the fact that we have spent what an hour and a half talking about it, we're passionate about. it, Even though we've been yeah. kind of rough on parts of it, um, I don't think if we didn't care for it at all, if we didn't have have see see the promise in it, we wouldn't be talking about it. We would. It just wouldn't. You know, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, so I. Go ahead. Sorry, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm
1: just. I'm sorry. I keep on interrupting. I was just gonna say we're not. We're not. We're not doing this about terror in the sky.
0: <laughs> Shit.
3: Should we? <laughs> no, that's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> the best thing about terror in the sky was the cover. And you know, I was about to <laughs> say that's one of the best thing that this has to offer too. I mean, the the cover art in itself is really good, but it's recycled um, it's so good they reused it for the <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, like I said, it was they were published at a time where Chaosium was yeah. really strapped for cash.
2: So maybe the fact that it exists at all is something to be celebrated. You know, given yeah. the history of the 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 time that it was produced and everything.
0: Well, what um, we're doing is celebrating. <laughs> we're we're
3: we're celebrating in a backhanded kind of way, you know. It was <laughs> it was definitely published at a time when chaosium was being kept alive out of sheer willpower, and much can
0: be said for that. As for me. If I was gonna run this thing, I would scrap the entire direct sequel to Lovecraft's second worst story um, and <laughs> run the murder mystery from the from the beginning chapters. You know who's who's kill who's killing off the the members of Starkweathermore. more? you know that 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 struck me as a much more interesting idea than uh, count the number of snowshoes we have. Yeah. No, solid damn murder.
2: One of the most emotional points, and I know we're probably trying to wrap this up, but one of the most emotional points for my players, going back, again, remembering back the decades ago that we played, was the actual the poisoning of the dogs. Mm-hmm. That that really got to my players, um, because I think my group, were all animal lovers, so somebody that could be so low down as to harm the animals like that. And then I my own, I guess, I well, I'm giving my own self kind of poor form to pat yourself on the back, but I tried to I tried to pl- uh, play up the NPC, the part of the dog handler. I think he's a Swedish guy or Norwegian guy. Um, how disturbed he was at his dogs being hurt. And that was it was kind of a golden moment that we sort of gelled around that like suddenly it was like an npc that became very real to mm. my players and and in that incident things got really dark you know just the fact that animals like that were harmed it became very um you know it's a it's a it's a dark and terrible thing but it was a golden moment in our campaign because um you know it's it is it is it is it world shattering like Mask of Nihar lothotep or is it you know, is it is it is it anything you know like that? No, it's it's a pack of dogs being poisoned.
0: It's a it's I mean, a quiet horror.
2: Yeah, it's small horror, but it shows that even small, and it's the evil that humans do. It at that point, you're not even dealing with some monster from outer space or deep sea. Or, it's the evil that people do, and it it had just a it was a gut punch moment, and I'll, that's one of those moments I'll hang on to. Uh, You know, in my memory, as my long history as a gamer, um, that was a very impactful moment.
0: But what color are the dogs, Brian? They were.
2: uh, (laughs) Well, uh, I know they had. They were. Their eyes were as blue as the as the big Swede who uh, cared for them and had tears running down his cheeks. Yeah, I. You know, I I can see a
0: Swedish dog handler at the table, uh, taking that moment into some very dark, absurd humor sort of ways? Because as soon as you said he was Swedish, I was thinking, oh
2: my god, the dergs! <laughs> yeah, he was. He's like, he's like the, Swedish the dog and dergs. or something. And I just had I him like... He in finished. My... Is he Finnish? I know he's like one of those northern, northern uh, folks. And Wait, uh, The
1: Swedes are the guys that burn down churches. <laughs> well, it's like black a... metal comes from Sweden.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, this... Well, this guy, like I go look him up now. But I had him. I had him. He suddenly kind of leapt to the front as far as the NPC rosters. They thought he was the greatest guy because he was so upset about the dogs as they were, and it was it was uh, he would have made a great replacement PC if something happened yeah. to them. Uh, where is he now? Fiskerson. Sorry, I know we were we were trying to conclude this, and now I've dragged us right. Fiskerson back. Fiskerson is his name. Fiskerson. Fiskerson. So that's, what's that, Norwegian?
1: I don't know. It probably says in the back here somewhere.
0: That's all we have for this evening. Thank you for joining us for this uh, very special presentation. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming out and offering your thoughts. Nick, thank you, as always, for, for being around and offering your insights. And, of course, Steve, for setting this whole thing in motion.
1: Well, uh, I mean, blame me yelling at clouds, and
0: and we will have to do it again sometime.
1: Uh, yeah, the next time something really pisses somebody off.
0: <laughs> well, something RPG related anyway, because you know,
1: right? Yeah, okay, right. Well, let's talk about Roman workbenches. <laughs>